All right, welcome to the Creation to Cashflow podcast. On this podcast, we discuss strategies to maximize your creativity and help you achieve financial freedom. How's it going, Michelle? I am so happy to be back recording. We took last week off and I feel so weird. I'm like, we haven't recorded in like 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, I was physically ill after not doing it. I was like, I don't like this. I don't like that. Even though we still had an episode come out for you guys, that's because we're a few ahead um, just in case. But I was physically ill and it's just good to be back. Yeah, feels great to be back. I'm excited for today. This is our 30th episode, you know. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize. Happy 30th episode. (laughs) A milestone. Even though I feel like we celebrate them all, they're all worth celebrating. They are. Every little milestone is worth celebrating. Today, we are going to talk about the downsides of business building, but don't worry if you're listening to this, it's not going to be a depressing episode or anything like that because there's always massive upside, but it's more like uh, things you should know, things to avoid, things you can expect. Exactly. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you're like, what's the biggest downside of being a business owner? Because to me, we're we're both so positive. My brain goes right to positivity in the worst of situations, but if you had to pick something, what comes to mind first? You're really going to have to get outside your comfort zone. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, people are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. But you really, you're gonna change. Like you are going to change for the better, but you're gonna have to make some changes and do some different things than you're used to doing. And it's very uncomfortable. It really, it really does force you out of the comfort zone. And um, I wouldn't have known this when I started, but now I know specifically in that realm of like stepping out of the comfort zone, like what's uncomfortable is that you have to look yourself honestly in the mirror and be like, I'm not good at a lot of things. Apparently you're forced to address every one of your character flaws, like the way you manage your time the way you manage your money, the way you manage your relationships. Those three alone, people might be like, oh, I feel like I need some work on all of those. And we all do. I still feel like I need work on those. And I'm sure you do too, Michelle. But um, yeah, I don't know. Before I start listing the 90 other character flaws, maybe we, maybe we hang around with those for a little bit. Let's talk about time management. One thing that's worth noting is that it's not like a nine to five. Like when I had my civil engineering job, once Friday at five o'clock hit, that is Monday's problem. I do not care anymore about returning that email, that phone call, that problem. I'm like, whew, time to go unwind. Let me, I'm going to go get a drink. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. It's like, I'm just going to go. As a business owner, it ain't going to go down like that. No. And it's hard when people around you have a nine to five and they're like, why are you working? You're working so much. Oh my gosh. Why are you still working? You should just step away. I'm like, you don't get it. Nope. They definitely don't get it because one, it's on your mind 24 seven. Yeah. So even like from that, from a mindset standpoint, you're always going to be thinking about your business. How do I grow? How do I expand? What's that thing I need to do? What's that fire I got to put out? Because those things are constant. 
Yeah. I feel like we could do an entire podcast episode on that. I think we've done a couple on time management, actually, or at least we talk about it a lot because it's so important, but it's a 24-7 job. Well, that's why you should choose something that you actually enjoy and can think about 24-7. So many people try to get even like into UGC. I'll just bring that up as an example. So many people do it because they see it's possible, but then they don't enjoy it. And I'm like, wait, whoa, you should like pivot a little, figure out what you do enjoy because this is going to consume you in the best way possible uh, if you enjoy it, but in the worst way possible if you dread it like that to me is like not worth even starting a business if you're genuinely unhappy with whatever you choose to do. That is such a good thing to mention. If you're just looking for some like get rich quick scheme, like you're going to burn yourself out thinking about it all the time. But if your business is in or surrounding something you love or your creative passion or your existing skills and interests, it's a nice thing to think about 24-7. Like I'm always thinking about like, how can I reach more people? How can I help new people? How can I maximize what they're getting for what they pay me? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would say you're no longer able to, to hide. Like when you have a nine to five, you could hide in the weekend. You could hide in a half-assed effort. You know, you can hide from your boss when you work from home that day. Like you can't hide from your business because you have to do everything. You can't be a procrastinator and succeed. You can't be bad at sales and succeed. You can't be bad at emailing people and succeed. And that all sounds overwhelming, but it's all skills that just you'll consistently improve over time. Right. And or hire somebody who can do those things and invest in them to do the things that you're not good at, which you need to have some income coming in. So, of course, at first you're going to be doing it. And it's us. Those are all skills worth learning in general, especially because if you do hire somebody, you want to know what they're doing. Even if you don't actually want to do that work, it's so important that you understand what people are doing. So you understand what you're expecting of them. And is it even possible? And are you working them too hard or not enough? Like, we all need those skills, you know? It's so true. Like I, I've honed in all of those skills so much to the point where like, if I ever wanted or had to get a nine to five again, I don't want to say I'm ever above doing something like that. I would do it as long as it's about like regarding something I love, but I have so many more skills that I'm just so much more valuable now to wherever I decided I wanted to work. Yeah. It's true. Which is kind of a delight because you would think like more time at a nine to five would help with that kind of thing. And it of course depends on where you work, but when you're a business owner and you have to learn everything, not just the one role you were hired for, you become this like, I can do anything kind of individual. Yeah. I feel like having my job at the nonprofit where I had to wear so many different hats. I had so many different roles and positions and I was being paid for one, but I was doing all these different things because it's a nonprofit organization. And I actually love those few years I was there because it taught me everything I know today to thrive with my business. And I was kind of forced to do it. It was almost like I was like myself, like advocating for myself all the time. And I really had to learn those skills in that position. What do you think, what would you say to someone who's feeling overwhelmed right now, thinking they have to learn 19 different skills 
all at once. Just do one thing at a time. Like I, we always say, do what you can with what you have. Like, you know how to send an email. Sure, it doesn't have to be perfect, but at least like send that email. You know how to post on social media. Maybe your video is not great, but don't worry about the aesthetics. Like, don't worry about the way it looks when you're starting. You just need to do what you can with the knowledge and the tools and the equipment that you have. And that's where you should start and like take one step at a time and always think long term. I cannot say that enough. You have to think long term with whatever business venture you're wanting to go on. That was really powerful. Um, And the way that I think of that, I'm pretty much reiterating, um, not like counter argument, but like I just try to fix my weakest link at the moment. And when you're a new business owner, it's going to feel like everything is the weak link, but what's the thing that's going to bring income the soonest? Fix that one first. And then what's next? How do, is it retaining those clients? Is it finding your next? Is it nurturing like prospects? Is it your time management? Is it something like your mindset? I like to just fix the weakest link first. And the way that I do that is at the end of each month, I just do a check-in with myself. I actually have like a check-in sheet that I share with anyone that I work with. Although if anyone is listening to this and wants it, just DM me. I'll gladly send it to you for free. But it, it pretty much just asks, it forces me to ask myself the hard questions. It's like, what am I doing too much of that's getting in the way? What am I not doing enough of that would move the needle forward? What are my two biggest priorities for next month? Like just some simple, obvious questions like that, that keep me in check and being like, what is my current weak link and how am I going to fix it? Wow. That's really smart, actually, because you like, for example, I at one point was on Facebook Marketplace. I had this season of my life where I would just like go scroll on Marketplace or like Amazon and I realized I was spending so much time doing that and it wasn't really moving the needle forward. It wasn't actually doing anything for me. And I would have probably never realized I was doing that if I didn't have to be so intentional with my time and assessing my habits and what I'm doing. That is like one of the things, one of the things you have to look at. Like you're looking in a mirror, like truly looking at who you are, what you're doing, what your habits are, what your mindset is. Like you have to face every part of you. And I think it's a beautiful thing because it helps you grow and develop so much personally. Like, yeah, your bank account gets higher, but like, so does your personal development. And I think that's a a wonderful thing, even though I know this podcast is not about wonderful things, but it's the hard thing brings the wonderful thing, you know? That's so well said. And you're right. Like it hurts my feelings sometimes when I have to write down, like, what did I suck at this month? Essentially, that's a, a more blunt way of the questions that I ask myself. And I'm like, why, why am I like, why am I being an idiot right now? What is the thing I'm doing that I know I shouldn't be? And it hurts my feelings, but kind of like fifth podcast in a row that it comes up, kind of like in that book, The 5 a.m. Club, where it talks about journaling. And it's like, it's okay to write down the negative thing that you're doing because it, it gets you, it gets it off your chest and it allows you to now take the step to fix it, whether that's like a broken relationship or a a habit that's not serving you, it pretty much is the way to fix it. Like it's your check-in. It's you writing it down, getting it off your chest and saying, I know I'm not perfect. Here's what I'm going to work on next because I know it's negatively affecting me. That is something 
that takes a lot of courage to do because like you said it it hurts like growth hurts a lot of the time it's not pretty it's not soothing and comforting but it's so amazing in the end and so yeah you're right it's not, it's not pretty at least in the moment it's pretty after when you look and you're like look how far i've come but oh my god in the midst of it it doesn't it doesn't always feel so hot right like i don't feel good about when i write down and i'm like i did a horrible job taking care of myself this month because i was so focused on output that i didn't really like i didn't have the good inputs i need but then I get to improve and I'm like, well, next month will be better. And then consistently improving each month, I look back after a year and I'm like, wow, I had some uncomfortable moments and I could even look back at my now 12 months of check-ins and be like, here's literally everything I just went through and accomplished and overcame. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it makes you feel a lot better about yourself. Like Sometimes I allow myself to get to those places where I'm not taking the best care of myself. And then I feel even better when I like take care of myself again, instead of just being in this like lull of consistency, because you know, I don't like consistency. I don't know. I love change. And so it's almost like I don't make those things stop what I'm doing. I make them like I make the margin between air, like of error, the margin of error, the margin of like knowing I shouldn't be doing something like scrolling and then doing it every time that I have to go through that and face that and be like, oh, I feel like crap for doing that, whatever. It It's like the amount of time I spend doing those things get smaller and smaller because I'm now more aware of them and I'm not perfect. And there are times that I still will catch myself scrolling on Amazon for hours for no reason, just looking at things I want to buy and it's not getting me anywhere in life. And I'm like, oh, but now I'm so aware of it that next time that I do this, I'm like more conscious about it. Yes, yeah, self-awareness goes through the roof as a business owner because you have to look at everything you do every every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, every quarter and be like, was that enough? Am I proud of what I've done? Did I at least, maybe you're not, but you're like, but I at least worked on other things. Like maybe you're like, I right, the business could have gone a little bit better, but I really improved in another area of life. So self-awareness, not just with the business, in all assets, all parts, aspects of your life gets crazy, crazy brought to your awareness. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that starting a business would help your relationship with your significant other, but it does because you become so self-aware of how you spend your time, where you allocate your energy, how you how you manage your money, how you talk to people, that suddenly it's like your relationship starts improving. Everything starts improving. The way you take care of yourself, the way you take care of other people, it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's all tied together. Mm-hmm. It sure is. So I would say another thing that that ends up happening is you change the way you think about money. Oh, yeah. Which has its like pros and cons, but what would you say happens, Michelle? How do you think about money when you're like growing a business? Well, you have to really look at what is an investment and like not just in a stock, right? Like 
for example, hiring your first virtual assistant or hiring somebody and seeing like, oh my gosh, how much is this going to cost? Like the words cost or how much will this take to invest in? Those words really become defunct. Like buying the new iPhone. Is that a cost? Not for me because I literally film and edit on my phone. I need a phone that doesn't die constantly. I need a phone that has a lot of storage. So it can make me more money and I can have a faster phone that I can do things a lot faster on so I can have more money coming in. So that is an investment. It's not a cost, even though it is a business expense. So it's like there's a cost, an expense, there's an investment, like all these things become so defined and you become very aware of, is this worth the money? Is this something that I truly want to put my income towards or not? Like, is this going to push the needle forward? Is this going to benefit my future? Or is this just an in the moment situation? Like those things you have to truly like come to learn each thing you're buying, even in your personal life, it floods into that. In my personal life all the time, I'm like, "Mm, but do I need that? Probably not, (laughs) you know? Right. I'm the same way. I don't buy anything for myself in my personal life, but like in my business, I'm like, all right, this course is $6,000 and it's going to help me with one single thing that I think I could improve on. Swipe, swipe the card. But like when I'm like, all right, I've been wearing the same pair of black vans for six years and there are nine holes in them, but I think I could get another year out of them. You know, so like you you start looking at investments very differently. Like I love to invest in myself now, something like a, a gym membership and throw in the personal trainer, something like a yoga membership, something like a course that's going to teach me a new business skill. All of that becomes like, oh, I don't even have to think like swipe the card. While like when I had a nine to five, why would I buy a course? on anything that's going to just improve my skills. Like I'll still get my same paycheck at the end of my two weeks. So why, why would I be investing in myself in such a way? And I would always instead buy alcohol, clothes, stuff I don't need. Yeah. So that's not going to help make me more money unless it's like Amazon fashion and I'm an Amazon influencer and the, the clothes are on Amazon, then I can like do that. But those are the things like I justify things in my head now a lot more. And if I can't justify it, I'm like, well, it's not worth my time or money. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to do it. And I become a lot more confident in my decision making with that as well. Yeah, that's another good one that um, risk management, let's call it. Your ability to manage risk gets really good because every single thing is a risk. If you've only got $1,000 in the business bank account and you're thinking of buying a $500 course that might help you get your next client, it's like, that's going to be quite the internal conversation about risk that you're going to have to have. Like, that's half of what I've got. But if it helps me make $2,000, so you got it, your risk management becomes very, very important, I guess. And you get really good at it. Right. I was going to say, I almost became delusional when I started making money in the business, like that's really what brought us to California too. It's just like, we just had this, me and my husband were like, well, we can, like, why not? Like there's more of a risk to stay here where we're at and like keep doing what we're doing. Like, I think it's more risky to do that. Like, let's just go for it. Let's see what happens. Let's make a cool story out of it. Like what if, and it's almost like that confidence became delusion, but it was like, 
necessary. And I don't think that if I, if I would have stayed comfortable or just like in the same flow I was doing, I don't, I know I would not be doing this podcast. I would never have met you. I would have never grown, but it's almost like you can't think about all the things that you might be risking. You can't think about that. Like that's another thing. You almost have to let ignorance, I guess, drive some of your decision-making and not overthink things. What a horrifying image! Us not doing this podcast. Um, I had a, I had a I had a quick nightmare for a second thinking <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right, and you're 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 really hitting on everything so correctly. Like it's just like it's just like you're reading my mind because business kind of feels the same in everybody's mind to a degree, no matter what your business is. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, another thing that happens, by the way, with the way that you think about money is like you got to give up the scarcity mindset which is very hard i struggle with that still very very much i still struggle with scarcity mindset sometimes which is a very interesting thing to face because it's like most people develop a scarcity mindset because they just don't think or believe that they're capable of more which is frightening because like I said before, you could hide, you could hide in your nine to five and just be like, just slowly rise through the ranks and just be like, I I did good, you know, call it a good life. But if you never really give up the scarcity and that lack mindset of, and you, you break free from that and you're like, I am capable of more and I deserve more. And let's see how much more I can get. There's a lot of money and mindset and networking and things that could come your way that will change life forever. Very true. Oh my gosh. I mean, I would say that I know more people that have a scarcity mindset than an abundance mindset. And it's very scary. Thankfully, my mom always kind of taught me to be like, I don't know. She was always like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Like not in a irresponsible way, but like she did model for me how much abundance is around us. And so I think that was a huge advantage for me. But a lot of people I work with have to unlearn some of that and retrain their brain to think more of like about how much money is a tool and how it's all around us and how the opportunities even, it's not even just financial scarcity. It's also opportunities like people. I know somebody that was afraid to share knowledge because they're like oh there's not enough room for all of us and I'm like huh what are you talking about there's plenty of room for all of us like what do you mean crazy that's just crazy to me yeah people underestimate how large that the world and the United States and Europe and all of the countries that speak English they underestimate how many people are out there that speak English and that are interested in the things that you do and want to buy and learn from you. And I think that's crazy when people like, when people don't think there's room in their space for everyone and they're not willing to share something. I feel like that's really bad karma, but it also just makes me sad because like I'm, I fight a scarcity mindset sometimes, but like not that bad, not to the point where I wouldn't share anything and everything I know with everyone. Like Kind of like we do on this podcast. Clearly, we are similar. I was, I was going to try and think of an example. I was like, I feel like I give away a lot of free knowledge, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I do for at least thirty minutes every week. Although, 
tonight or today we're going to cut it a little bit short because I have to go fly to Denver like very shortly. I'm cutting it nice and close. Um, so Michelle, is there anything we missed or we need to hit on again? Like downsides of business building. I mean, I think that if people just understand that it's not easy, I think that's sometimes people have this illusion of it being like, oh, I just get to have all this money coming in and I don't have to work or whatever. Like, yes, I get to make my own hours, but my own hours that I'm making, like if I want to be successful, I'm going to be working more than eight hours a day, you know? And so I think that it's just like, know that you've got to get outside your comfort zone and you're going to have to face all of the things you're not good at and improve in them. And also like deal with the haters and the naysayers and all of that that we've discussed in a previous episode totally check it out it's really good I think we do cover a lot of the cons of business in a lot of our other episodes but I know that it's like to me you're gonna have to learn you're gonna have to grow you're gonna have to get uncomfortable and those are actually all gonna end up being a really good thing though (laughs) Right. That's a really good theme. All of these downsides we mentioned are also upsides. Um, I just thought of one more. It was finding out that there is no hack. Mm. I, I for, the, for a long time, I was like waiting for like that one thing. I was like, oh, I just need that one way to close that all my sales or to, or to get all the leads or like the one hack. I was like, buying courses, like waiting for that, even though getting better at everything with each course and getting smarter and more knowledgeable. I I was looking for the hack, like the one thing. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't exist. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Because even if you find that hack, right, that one winning ad or that one thing, you're eventually going to have to change it up and continue to improve and grow always. So I feel like when I found out there was no hack, I was like, that feels like a downside. But again, the upside is that, well, now I'm like, all right, I'm going to constantly be learning and growing forever. So really an upside. All of these things have massive upside that outweighs the downsides, but it's definitely, it's worth preparing for some of these things. True. And even if you do have an overnight success, like you're really not an overnight success because if you're still the same person you were when you started your business, I don't think that's I don't think that's a good thing. Like we all grow and evolve. And I think if you're not constantly evolving, it's like the childhood actors that stay really in that same mindset of when they became famous. It's like a bad thing sometimes. Um, So I just think that learning to be patient is so important. So important. And I guess on that note, as much as I could stay and do this all day with you, Michelle, if you guys are looking for more ways to monetize your creativity and find more freedom in your life, subscribe, leave a review, DM us, get in touch, give us guest ideas, episode ideas, let us know what you think of the show. You could check out uh, some short form clips on creation to cash flow. That's on Instagram and TikTok. You could follow me on Instagram and TikTok at get ahead with Nick. And you could find Michelle on Instagram and TikTok at Michelle JH. That's Michelle with two L's, then four E's, J H. Thanks for listening.